Amen. And I wanted to say um, just thank you also before I go further to our elders for just the, the morning prayer every Sunday. We just started doing that this past year, and uh, Pastor Marlon and I just we started it and then just passed it over to Sister Ernestine and the elders, and it has made such a difference such a when blessing. we come in here. Yeah. It is such a beautiful uh, presence yeah. of the Holy Spirit just through the prayer, and we appreciate those prayers. So thank you. We love you all. Thank you so much. Okay. Show of hands. Who's got a New Year's resolution? <laughs> hands went back down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a New Year's resolution? I sure do, and so do you. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> I do. You do. I have a New Year's resolution. All right. And we're going to follow through with it this time. Have you, honestly, have you ever fallen through to the very end? No. <laughs> Never. No. There's... Most people don't. Is it? There's... there's there's a um, quit day, isn't there? Or a yes. stop day or something? It's like National Quitters Day. Anybody know this? It's National what? Quitters Day. It's, I think it's January 12th. That's, yeah. that's not even three weeks into the I, new year. Yeah. People are giving up on their resolutions? Yeah. Don't worry. I think I saw two hands with me. But don't worry, church, because today we've got you covered. Because we have three for you. <laughs> we have three resolutions for the new year because it's a new year. Amen. Anything that's new should bring you joy. Yeah. I mean, I got, you know, some new socks brought me some joy this year. You know, anything, most anything new brings you joy. And that's no different with going into a new year. It is not happy same year. Amen. It is happy new year. Amen. It is Happy New Year. And we have, uh, we have three questions. Our resolutions are in the form of questions going into this new year that each of us just really need to ask ourselves. Because growing up should always be our focus. Have you ever told your children, oh, I can't wait for you to grow up? Even your grown children, I can't wait for you to grow up. <laughs> Well, that should be our focus, that maturing, growing in our relationship with God, growing in the word of God. And we have these questions that we have been asking ourselves and going to share with you on going into this new year so that we continue to grow and mature in our relationship and knowledge of the Lord. Amen. 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 All right. Well, the first question we have is, um, what do I need to put off and what do I need to put on? What do I need to put off and what do I need to put on? The title of our message, I think, is, uh, uh, what is it? There it is, making the new year new, all right? So the, the first question, again, is what do I need to put off, what do I need to put on? And at the beginning of a new year, you know, we always ask ourselves questions, whether dealing with our families, our jobs, uh, our friends, our relationships. You know, we ask ourselves questions like, what do I need to start? What do I need to stop? What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? But what I like about this question, what do I put off and what do I put on, is, is that it requires me to take a deeper look at me, right? Um, you know, sometimes we get ourselves in situations and we tend to look around and want to point the finger at everybody else and wonder how you got me here, right? 
Like, I mean, I've, I've often wondered who I can blame for why Marlon didn't lose weight. <laughs> right? But we do that. We tend, to, we tend to look and just see who we can uh, point the finger at and blame for why we're in the situation that we're in or why we're unhappy. Um, but this question here, what do I put off and what do I put on, forces me to take a look at myself and ask, what do I need to do differently? What do I need to change in my life? And this putting on and putting off is found in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. And this is Paul. And he speaks and he says, uh, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And so Paul has given us like this process to put off the old and put on the new. And the, and the old is just what you used to be. The old is, is what it was life before Jesus, right? And this is, this is a daily conscious commitment. Amen? This is a daily conscious commitment because I think what we can do as a church, because Paul wasn't writing to unbelievers. He was writing to the church. Okay. And what we tend to do is we hear these questions, what do I need to put off? And, and we will say, oh, pastor, that's, that's not me. You know, I, I, I've gotten rid of that. I don't do that anymore. You know, that's the old me. But you let somebody cut you off in traffic. You let somebody cut you off in traffic, see how fast the old you being popped back up, right? So you really, you have to put off the old you. It is a daily commitment where we're not driven by our desires or our impulses, right? We're directed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's to put off the old way of thinking, the old way of doing. This is, uh, the new is what is right now. It's what, 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 what God has given you in Christ, right? This gift of a new character, the gift of new courage, new strength, just a new song in your mouth. Amen? This gift is, 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 is your new thoughts, it's, it's new words, it's new actions. That's what it means to, to put on the new. It's like, it's like putting on a new shirt, which I hope all of you do every single day, or else you'll find yourself sitting in a pew by yourself, right. <laughs> right? But it's like putting on a new shirt every day. Like when we put on new clothes, we have to take off the old clothes or else the new ones won't fit, amen? And so that's what we have to do every day is putting off the old and putting on the new. And this is a challenge for us. We have to do this day after day after day. If we take off the old clothes and don't put on new clothes, well, then you're naked and don't nobody want to see that neither. Right? And so you have to do both. Like you don't want to just stop doing the old. You have to start doing something new. That's the power of the process that Paul's talking about, right? This, this replacing the old and the new. Otherwise, what happens is what we do is we tend to take off the old and we leave this empty space that we have this desire to fill with something. And if you don't fill it with something new, we have a tendency just to fill it back up with the old stuff, right? So we, 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 we revert right back to the old conversations, the old attitude, the old addictions, the same old behavior. So what I have is I want to give this this visual here of this old thing and the new thing, right? So over here we have these delicious chocolate chip cookies. We'll call this the old. 
right? This is what we want to say no to, right? Um, and over here, we have this, this bowl of fruit. This is, we'll call this the new. And so I may tell myself that I want to put off the old and I want to put on the new. Um, but what I can't do is I can't focus on the old if I plan on putting it off. Like I can't tell myself I'm not going to eat these chocolate chip cookies, right? right? I'm not going to touch these cookies that somebody put in the oven at 350 degrees and left them there for 10 minutes and they came out nice and golden brown and, and, and soft with these chocolate morsels in them. See, the closer, the more I talk about it, the closer I get to these cookies and the closer I get, the more I smell them and I just want to taste just a little bit of the cookie, right? What, what happens is I'm still in the cookie zone here. That's right. Right? I haven't put it off. Right? But a lot of us, there's some people who, who are really good at denying the cookie, at saying no to the cookie. But what they don't realize is that when you're great at saying no to it, you're just constantly standing here just saying no. Right, but you're still in the cookie zone. You're in the no zone is what you are. And what we call that is the, the Pharisee syndrome. That's the Pharisee syndrome because the Pharisees were wrapped up in what they said no to. Right, and so we're great at saying no, uh, but what we don't realize is all we're doing is feeding our own pride. Because I'm just standing here saying no, and I want to stay over here and say no to the cookie because there's a bunch of people over here saying yes to the cookie, and so it just makes me feel good about myself for saying no. We need something new. Amen. You need something new this year, right? And, and in order to, 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 to really put off the old and, and, and put on the new, you have to make a decision to, to turn, and you have to go in the opposite direction. And the closer you get to the new, the further you are away from the old. Not saying that you can't get back over there now, right? But, but, but the closer you are to the new, okay, the less you're thinking about the old because you have a new way of living now. You're focused on the new, amen? And so that's what we have to do. We have to put off the old and put on the new, amen? You all be proud of me. This is the first time that I had to not print my message, our message, and bring it up here. So I'm using this iPad for the first time. Thank you. Thank you. The, the biggest mistake we can make is thinking that's easy. Because that's not easy. That's not easy. And, and there's, there's a, these two traps that come to my mind when, we were, when he was uh, doing this demonstration that the devil will use constantly to try to defeat us. And, and that first one is perfectionism. That, that is not pursuing excellence, because we should always be pursuing excellence. Pursuing excellence is pursuing to do something the best way you can in a, in a certain, within a certain talent. But perfectionism is pride, period. It is, pride, uh, it is a pride-based obsession on doing something perfectly so you can feel good about yourself, so you can look good, so that you can be recognized by other people. 
which is uh, one of the reasons why I think God was so intentional with exposing several, uh, several imperfect saints in the Bible. And here's just a couple. Okay, so Abraham, Father Abraham, the father of our faith, was faithless when he took Hagar. Yeah, yeah that didn't work out really well for him. Uh, then Moses. The Moses was the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. God used him to deliver his people. But yet Moses was the one who said, okay, you Israelites, must I get water out of this rock? That didn't work out really well for him either. And then there was King David, the the man after God's heart. But yet King David was like, I'm king of the world and I can make anybody do whatever I want them to do. Come here, Bathsheba. That didn't work out really well for him. 2024 is not going to be perfect. And the moment that you think that it is, you will fail. The devil will try to convince you, look at you, you're doing it so well. You haven't touched it in weeks. You are doing this all by yourself. And the moment you think that, you will fail. We need God's strength. Amen? Amen. Perfectionism is a trap. And the second trap is thinking when um, you make a change, man, this doesn't feel right, so I'm just going to go back. Because it's new, it's not supposed to feel right. right. Right? Something new is not going to feel right. Like when you do something for the first time, you go skating for the first time, and put skis on for the first time, did that once, never do that again. <laughs> they don't feel right. It's going to be weird. And when you make a change in your life, like when you're so used to just tearing people down, when you're so used to being sarcastic, and you make a decision, Lord, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to uplift people and encourage people. It's going to feel weird to you. Yeah. And, and everyone around you, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, who is this person? Mm-hmm. It's going to be weird. It's going to be different. And uh, that happened not too long ago. <laughs> I have been making a conscious decision to, to not be so crazy about everything being clean. Yeah, thank you. Like, my car is mine. You know, we, we've made that decision, right? You have your car and I have my car. Everything else is shared. So my car is clean, clean, clean. To where, you know, I don't want anybody really eat and drink in my car, you know, because I like my car clean. It's the only place I can go that's perfectly clean. So, but I've been intentional to not be so, you know, crazy about that stuff. And so just a couple of months ago, like two months ago, we were, we were out and we stopped to get coffee in the middle of nowhere. We were far, far from home. And Pastor Marlin grabbed his coffee and didn't grab his coffee and it spilled all over the car. My car. And he... Thank you. And he just, he said, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's his favorite words when he gets panicked. Oh my goodness. And I said, I just, the truth. I said, it's okay. I thought she had gone delirious and was going to just kill me later in my sleep. Yeah. Napkins, anyway, to clean all of this up, it's okay. What, what, it, we, you know, we just got to get to where we're going, it's okay. Yeah. So, we literally had coffee everywhere until we got back to where we were going, and, he, and we pulled in, and he looked at me, he's like, Who are you? <laughs> he said, I am really impressed that you did not freak out at me and that we're still here. 
you know, and I was like, thank you for noticing, because when you do make those conscious decisions to take off the old and put on the new, it's going to feel weird, amen? But we have to do that going into this new year. Ask yourself that question, God, what do I need to take off, and what do I need to put on? And, and know that there are traps, perfectionism, and giving up because it just doesn't feel right. Number two. Amen. Number two is where are the closed doors and where are the open doors going into this next year? Where are the closed doors and where are the open doors? And the Bible tells us that God knows the plans that he has for us. And I got to tell you, you know, often I've asked God, hey, man, can you just give me a hint on those plans that you have for me? Right. I think all of us really, what we want is we want God to shoot us a quick text message, a very detailed text message so that you can take a screenshot of it and put it in your photos so you can just look back and refer to it often. But it doesn't really work that way. God's plan for your life isn't delivered. It's discovered. Amen. It's not delivered, it's discovered. And it's often discovered through these open, the process of these closed and open doors. It's a process of faith. Look at, look at how powerful open doors are. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, it says, because a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. See, an open door is a place where God is working in your life and through your life. And it, it can be anywhere. It can be in your marriage. It can be at your job. It can be in your finances. It can be your personal growth. It can be in your ministry. But wherever it is, God is providing these doors for you, right? Notice that Paul says that many oppose me. Many oppose me. There, there, was, an, there was an open door, but along with the open door came problems, right? And we have to stop believing that just because there's problems, that there's not an open door, right? In fact, an open door often comes with problems. But Paul is saying, even though, even though there's problems, God is still working at this door. God is still doing something great in this door. And there's something awesome about the doors that, that, that God opens, and we see this in uh, Revelation 3.8. Jesus says in Revelation 3.8, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. See, when it's God opening doors, can't nobody shut them? Can't nobody shut them, right? And some of us are, some of us are worn out, man, from knocking on doors, now, I'm not just talking about in 2023. I'm talking over the past several years. We've been bu- just banging on doors, right? And you are just weary inside from trying to force doors open. And it, may, it might be good doors, good things that you were trying to do, right? But they just don't seem to be opening for you. Instead of trying to force doors open, let's make this a year of just looking for God's open doors. Because when God opens a door, there is a great work behind that door and can't nobody shut it. Amen. Those are the doors that we need to be looking for this year. So how do we find God's open doors? Because it seems like sometimes doors open so easy for, for some people, but, but they don't for others, right? 
The Apostle Paul had some experience with these open and closed doors, particularly one in the book of Acts, chapter 16, where he's on a missionary trip, and he's going around and he's just spreading the gospel, spreading the good news, and, and talking about the, uh, the, the love of Jesus to all the people there. And there were doors that were open in some cities, and there were doors that were closed in others. And we learn a lot about these open doors um, from Paul's experience, and this is in Acts 16, 6 through 10. And it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Notice that Paul did two things in this mission. He kept trusting and he kept moving. First, he kept trusting, right? We have to keep trusting. He kept trusting that God had an open door in his life somewhere, right? Sometimes we, we take closed doors way too personally. We think because we ran into a closed door that God is just done with us, right? But Paul goes into Asia and there's a closed door. And he could have easily thought right there, well, God is just done with me. There's no sense in me following through with this missionary journey, right? He has no purpose for me. But instead, what he did is he just recognized it for what it was. It was just a closed door, right? And he kept looking for the open door. See, we tend to take closed doors and say, well, this business didn't work out for me. So, so God must be done with me. This relationship didn't work out for me. So God must not have a plan for me. That, that's not even, no, no, it's just a closed door, Right? It seems that God doesn't doesn't have any plans for you, but no, it's just a closed door. Notice it says that they were actually kept from preaching the word by the Holy Spirit, right? What's wrong with preaching the word in the province of Asia? The Bible doesn't even tell us why. We don't know why. And that tells me that sometimes we just have to be okay not knowing why. Right? We just have to keep trusting that God is God and he's doing it for our good. He don't have to give us a reason why. (laughs) Right? He's, He's the Lord. Like there's times in all of our lives that we can look back now and see, man, thank you for closing that door, God. Right? For me personally, I know that for some doors I wasn't even prepared to walk through. Right? Had I walked through them, I would have been way too prideful to do what God wanted me to do. There's other doors that had I walked through, I may have hindered what God was wanting to do in somebody else's life. That door was for them. It wasn't for me. Then there's times where had I walked through this door, I wouldn't have been able to walk through that door. So God had me where he wanted me to be. So we just have to keep looking for open doors. We have to keep trusting. And notice with Paul, it took closed doors to get him to the open door. 
So we need to just make this a year of recognizing the wonder of closed doors, right? And be grateful for the closed doors that God places in our lives. Amen? Because sometimes God will use closed doors just to bring you to the place where he wants you to be so you can experience the open door in your life. But if we're going to experience these open doors, we got to do the second thing that Paul does. He kept trusting, but he also kept moving. Like, we have to keep moving. Like, there, there was a closed door. So he kept moving from city to city until finally he ended up where God wanted to show him the open door. God works best with us when we're moving. When we're moving, he can actually divert us to where we need to go. It's hard to get us to do anything when we stand and steal. Right? It ain't no different than working out. The hardest part of working out is to start working out. Right? It's to get moving. Here's what a lot of us will do. We'll find ourselves at a closed door. And it's a door that we really want to get into. And so you know what we'll do? We'll just camp out at the door. Right? We'll try to pick the lock a couple times. We'll get comfortable. We'll get our little seat and our little pillow, and we'll just sit back at that door and tell God, I ain't going nowhere, God, until you open this door right here. And you know what we call it? We call it faith. But really, it's just us being stubborn. It's just stubbornness, right? And so we sit here at these doors, this closed door, wondering, well, God, why ain't you working in my life? But God is saying, it's a closed door. If you would just get up and start moving, then I'll get you to the door that I have for your life, right? I'll get you to that door. And sometimes this is what he does. He actually redirects us and brings us back to the door that you were sitting in front of. You see, he needed to grow you through something before he allowed you to go into that door, right? Because Paul trusted God and kept moving, he ended up in Troas. And Troas wasn't the place where the open door was. Troas was where he had the vision of the open door. But most of us, we run into these closed doors and and we want to get to the open door in the least amount of time as possible. God, if you can put that open door right next to the closed door, that would be great. Right? But that's not how it works either. Most of the time, there's a Troas. There's a Troas. There's a place of waiting. And some of you are waiting in Troas right now. You're just in Troas. Some of you are working at Troas Incorporated. Some of you are are dating Sally or Sam Troas. you're You're just waiting. Right? When you're in Troas, it feels like it's a dead end, but it's not. You are just in a place where God is going to show you the next open door. So so this is a year where I think one of the questions we ask is, God, where are the closed doors? Right? And and let me not take it too personally when I run into these doors, because I know you still have a future. You still have a hope. You still have a plan for my life. So so when I see this closed door, God, help me just to trust you. Help me to keep moving 
in the right direction and, 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 and open my eyes so I can see the closed doors and the open doors in my life. Amen? That's your eye. I like this thing. No, it's not doing it. Okay. Question number three. What seems important and what's truly important? Two different things. And we need to take, uh, we need to prioritize what seems important versus what truly is important. What do I need to do first? What I, for, for work every day, um, I'm still old school and I take a piece of paper out and I prioritize my to-do list. And I am intentional to put something easy at the top so that way I can feel accomplished at the end of the day that I did something. Now, if my boss, thank goodness I work from home, if my boss were to look at that list, he may not agree that that's truly important, Michelle. It may seem important because you have to get it done, but what's truly important may be that hard thing that's going to take all day that you got at the bottom there. Because if we focus too much on what seems important, we're going to miss what's truly important. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6.25. Therefore I say to you, Don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body or what you put on, because isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Food seems important, but he's saying your life is what truly important. Clothes seem important, but the body that God created for you to put them on is what's truly important. And if you get stuck on what seems important, you will miss what's truly important. That's right. And um, this Christmas, my, you know, my, my sister and my brother-in-law, they live in Florida, and all of their kids and grandkids, you know, they're all here. We're, we're all up here. And um, my brother-in-law, um, his job, they're not allowed to take off the week from Christmas to New Year's. No one's allowed. And if you are, if you are late even on that week, you miss your bonus. So you've worked the whole year for a bonus, and if you don't come in the day after Christmas, you know, you're going to forfeit that. And it's a very significant amount of money. And we all know money seems important. So being in Florida, they can't also, they cannot rely on uh, airlines, right? Because if a flight is delayed, you miss your flight, then you don't get back. You don't ever know about the weather. You can't predict those things up here. So they had to get in their car and they had to drive Friday night into Saturday morning, the 16 hours to get here, spend Christmas Eve with all of the family, and then at 2 a.m., Christmas morning, drive all the way back to Florida. And this year, my brother-in-law said, he said, I'm not doing it anymore. He said, that money always seemed most important. He said, but no, it's not. This right here is what's truly important. And I've missed it, and I'm not going to miss it anymore take that money, but I'm spending the time with my family and my grandbabies because that is what's truly important. Look at verse 33. Remember, we focus on what's truly important. Jesus, he promised to add all of those things. 
He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So you see, you're going to get all those themes importance anyway. If you seek first the kingdom of God, that means you have to seek God first. You have to seek God first. First means every day. Now, a lot of times we do, well, sometimes we tend to make, you know, this, this new year uh, something extraordinary and, you know, unattainable, right? So, so I'm not suggesting that, you know, you, you make some New Year's resolution to where you're going to spend an hour in the Word every day and an hour in worship every day and an hour praying every day. But you do need to seek first every day because that's what the Word says. And, that, and then and only then does He promise to add all of those things. It's more important, I believe, it's more important for you to read a scripture every day, for you to, to pray five minutes every day, than for you to spend an hour and read a chapter on Fridays. That's not seeking first. That's seeking Friday, right? Seek first. And he says, all of these things shall be added unto you. Do you know when you do that, you establish a habit that will last a lifetime. And then when you do miss the day, it won't defeat you because you will be able to pick, off where, pick up where you left off. We, we've been doing this since, you know, for seven years since we've met. And you know, there are days where we miss it. We get, you know, wake up later. We, we don't get in the word together. But you know what? We don't get defeated and don't beat ourselves up. We just pick up where we left off the next day. Right. When you establish it as a habit to seek him first, it won't defeat you. What does God put first? Because to seek first means to seek God. And what's truly important to God needs to be truly important to us. And you all know this. You know what I'm about to read. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus made it clear to us. What's truly important to God is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your soul and all your mind. He said this is first. This is the first and great commandment. And then he didn't stop. But he said, and second is like, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That will make you new. That will make you new each and every day. So ask yourself, what are you seeking this new year? What are you going to pursue this new year? What are you going to chase this new year? It'd be very easy for us to all answer success because that, that's just what we gravitate towards. And that doesn't just mean business. It means relational. And that's not a bad thing. But Jesus is saying, but flip it. He's saying, I'm not telling you not to do that, but I'm telling you to flip it and to pursue loving God first. Flip it and pursue loving people first. And then the rest will come. His definition Jesus defines success in this scripture as loving God and loving people. That's That's what it is. That's his definition of success. You and I have to be different in 2024. Care differently. Choose differently. And commit differently to seeking God first. Amen. Amen. Throw me under the bus. I make it to Jesus every day. 
I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so as we close, <laughs> if you're here today and you want to make God's priority your priorities, then I invite you to join Pastor Michelle and I in praying a, committed, a commitment to God now. And I'm just going to read this and we'll put it up on the screen. And you guys can stand. Father, I want this to be a year of following and enjoying the good plans you have for me. And I commit to putting off the old and putting on the new. I commit to stopping at closed doors and start looking for your open doors. I commit to seeking first your plans for me by putting first my love for you and love for others. I make these commitments in faith that God, you will keep your promises and you do have a good plan for me. Let's pray. Father, I pray, Father, that you would just give us a new year. Not just a new number, but truly a new year. Give us a year full of new things, new adventures, new attitudes and visions. A year full of new ideas and refresh some of the old ones. Give us new relationships and restore relationships that are broken this year, God. Father, give us a new song in our mouth. A new clear image, God, of your son, Jesus. And help us to show his image to those who are new to knowing him. Father, give us better a mentality and a better spiritual insight, Father, that will help us to deal with new struggles and disappointments this year, God. Father, give us a year with new ministries, new opportunities, new messages. Lord, give us a new year, a year filled with new love, a new love for you, a new love for each other, God. A new love for your kingdom, a new love for strangers, God. A new love for, for all people, for all your children. Lord, help us to look forward and beyond what we can see with confidence, with courage, with humility, and with gentleness. Lord, we surrender this year, Father, to you and the plans that you have for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We have some of the, some of the areas we're going to be focusing on this year. Um, we had our, our emotional, healthy, spirituality class this year, or in 2023. Um, I think we're going to move forward with a relationship class. Um, so we're going to be jumping into a membership class for our new members at the church, uh, discipleship studies, uh, and more pop blessings for sure afterwards so we can just gather together and more outreaches. Um, are some of the things that myself, Pastor Michelle, and some of the other pastors sat down and talked about. And that's, that's our goal, is just outreach and to reach the lost, to disciple more. Amen? That's what we're called to do. I just want to bring up our pastors um, to, you know, there's some people who don't know that our connection pastors, if you guys just want to come up, um, Pastor Mike, Pastor Trina, Pastor Ron, Pastor Monica, Pastor Mark is back there. 
and um, Pastor Barb is back there. I just want to, you know, these are our connection pastors, and these are the ones that, you know, we've, we've thanked them before, but we can't thank you guys enough for all that you've done this year. And I just want to point them out and highlight them because they're the ones that will reach out and call. They're the ones that will make the visits when you're sick. They're the ones that are praying for you when things are going bad. It's them. And so I just want you guys to know who they are and, and what they do here for this community. It's so much. I mean, they just, they give their lives for the sake of the, of the gospel. And I know that they've offered up their numbers. If you need to talk to them, um, make sure that you come up and meet them. Uh, if there's something, you know, you need to talk about, uh, I, I, no problem. I'll give you my number if you need to talk about anything or anything going on in your life, okay? Uh, we're here for you. There's just no way we could reach everyone. Yeah. Two people can. We, we, we can't return all of it. Yeah. Um, and they have been serving for a long, a time, long time. Way before we walked through the doors. Yeah. So you are blessed beyond measure to be covered by so many. Yeah. So you are not alone as you go into this new year. You are covered and you are blessed. And let's make it new. Amen. So if you need prayer, we want you to, to come up, and we'd love to pray for you. Um, if you've never received Jesus into your heart, we want to give you the opportunity to do that today. And uh, we would love to pray with you. We'd love to talk to you. So thank you guys for being here today. We look forward to seeing you in 2024. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. God bless you. <laughs>